seeker. Welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition, and play in the quantum, we are now besties. Let's do this. Hello, hello, Seeker. Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. My name is Talia Joy. Hello, hello. How are you? I hope you're having a fantastic day. I hope that you've had a good week, whatever day it is that you're listening to this. I'm just sending you so much love. Welcome to this show. I'm so excited for this episode. We're diving deep into the goo today. I talk about this, and if you're new to the show, I will fully explain what the heck we're talking about, about moving through through the goo and how to get unstuck from the goo and really just how to move forward in this massively uncertain time in your life. So I will break down the goo phase and the, you know, the fact that we can have a goo phase in some areas of our life. Sometimes it's our total life, but I'm really excited to talk all about it today. There's really juicy stuff in this episode. So if you're going through an awakening, <laughs> haha, because every single person listening is going through an awakening. If you're going through an awakening, you're going through transformation, you're in a little bit of an uncertain stage. Shit is crumbling. Maybe you're experiencing a dark night of the soul. Things are happening. You're face to face with your triggers, shadows, frustrations. This is all um, part of the goo phase. And I can't wait to break it down and go deep into this with lots of tools on how to move through. This may be one of those episodes that you want to download and like keep on your phone because I feel like there's going to be so many nuggets for us in transition, wanting to manifest a better life, but currently feeling super uncertain, like frustrated. Things are crumbling, things are breaking down around us. Um, whether it's our own beliefs inside or sometimes people, jobs aren't working, relationships aren't working. It can feel chaotic and uncertain, really, really uncertain. This is the goo phase and I can't wait to dive in. Before we do, if you are new to the show, hello, new friend. How the heck are you? <laughs> My name is Talia Joy. As I said, I am a manifestation mentor. I'm a spiritual teacher. I'm a mom of three. I live on Vancouver Island on the West coast of Canada. I'm a human design unicorn. I mean, human design reflector. <laughs> um, I'm a Scorpio. I am just excited to be here on the path with you today. Thank you for finding this podcast, for being someone who is seeking manifestation manifestation, developing your intuition, creating the life that you are here for. And as I say in these episodes, anyone that tunes in, whether you've tuned into a lot of episodes or you're new, there's no mistake. And you are in the middle of something massive, whether you fully realize it or not. You're in the middle of a huge transformation right now. And it's a deepening of your soul purpose of deep healing of deep um, activation to truly flourish. This is your lifetime that you get to live an incredible lifetime, get to heal, get to overcome, get to manifest all the things you want. This is the lifetime where you get to be fully expressed, where you get to stand up and shine and live a wildly free and abundant soul aligned life. This is the lifetime. If you have come here and I know you can feel that 
this is the lifetime. And there's no mistake why you've been through so much, why you've had a rough life in some ways. You've had you know, a few or multiple or one really big struggle in your life that you haven't been able to, or you hadn't been able to figure out or move through certain types of trauma or setbacks. All of these things are indicative of an old soul who is here to do huge fricking things. And I say this on other episodes that, um, you know, when things are just handed to us, we don't grow into that full Phoenix. So I like to use the example that if you were to take a money manifestation course or workshop or something, and it was with somebody who was handed millions of dollars from maybe their parents or their, you know, their family name or whatever from the time that they were young. So they literally never had to go out and like generate their own money yet. They're telling you about how to manifest money something inside would be like, are you the person to teach on this? Right. Are you the person to do this? If you, you know, knew that a relationship coast coach had an absolute disastrous and disempowering relationship, relationship, <laughs> relationship to relationships, meaning I know that all relationship coaches aren't like married and all that. And that's not what you have to be. But if someone was like totally disempowered, totally struggling, totally going like, what the hell turning around, trying to teach other people, it just doesn't fully line up. So why I'm saying this is because whether you're a teacher, um, you have a business, you're a healer, or you're a mom, you're a friend, you're a seeker on the path, you're a family member, you are here learning deep, deep lessons, and you are also here to shine light on other people. This may be your job or it may not be your job, meaning your physical like career. It's not just about having a business. It's about the reason why you're here and you've overcome and you're always that ray of sunshine to people wanting to offer hope or humor or the light side or the wisdom. Like you are here for big things and that Big, those big things ripple out into the world. So I'm not going to go too far into that because I do tend to rant on that often because I just know how special it is that you are here and that you are here on this planet and that you are here right now going through an awakening. And I just love you so much. I'm so grateful that you are here wanting to turn on your gifts to deeper levels, create your unique relationship with the universe and learn how to co-create, how to manifest what you want. So today's episode, I'm going to tie in, of course, manifestation, because it's everything that I love to talk about. But this phase that we're talking about today is really important, the goo phase. Um, before I launch into that though, I wanted to let you know that if you are going through the goo phase or you're in this point where you're really feeling like you need some mojo, some activation to kind of get things either going or get stronger momentum going, you're really ready to focus and learn and release and move forward in your life, like really, really ready. And this is what I notice is some people just really want it, which is great, but there's also a whole select group of people that are fucking ready. They're ready to heal. They're ready to manifest. They're ready for the abundance. They're ready for the love. And if you are that person, I have two exciting things going on. One is round two of the, of momentum, which is a manifestation challenge. It was so magnetic and I had so much fun that I wanted to do it again. There were lots of people that said, Oh, I wanted to join, but I didn't get the deadline in time. So momentum, the manifestation challenge is launching in about 
uh, a week and a half from the time of recording or the time that this episode is launched. We, we start on the 22nd of May and it's an eight day challenge for only $11. There's four live trainings, eight days of practices, workbooks, meditations, fun things that you can do. It's not something that takes a lot of work or a lot of time. It takes mostly those people that are ready, an open heart, a new way of seeing things and committing to those eight days. Even if it's just, you know, I would really recommend coming to the live trainings, but the other exercises can take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but it's about you being really open. So if you're ready to learn eight new tools to apply to manifestation forever, moving forward, receive, like I said, the workbooks and meditations, all the things we have the second round, which I'm so excited to welcome more seekers into the, uh, into the challenge. We have a private Facebook group and it's, I haven't done things on Facebook in so long. I haven't had a Facebook group or run anything through Facebook in forever, but you know what? It was really fun. (laughs) I feel like I got sick of it and over it and Facebook groups are something that I only use intentionally for these private containers, but I just had so much fun. Everybody posting pictures and selfies and introducing themselves, talking about their goals. Um, we had, you know, sharing gifts and celebrations and it was actually just a really fun time. So we're back into the Facebook group for this challenge. And I would love to welcome you into round two. As I said, it's only $11. Well, I lied. It's 11, 11 because I create prices. Um, and I also am throwing in a free mini course called magnetize your goals. This is exactly how I write out and take action and manifest my goals. So it's a four part mini course. You're going to get so much out of it with manifestation and it's for free when you join the challenge, which is only $11. So I can't wait to welcome you into momentum. The link is below. You should check it out right now while you're hearing it, while it's inspiring. I mean, $11, what do you have to lose? You're going to gain community, tools, momentum towards your goals. I'm going to be holding that vision for you as soon as you share what it is you're coming in to manifest, which I help you with that in the pre-work. We're going to write out and decide exactly what we're going to bring in in this challenge, what we're going to work on creating momentum toward. Um, And as I know what you're about and what you're going for, I hold the vision for you as well. So you have my gifts, my spirit, my mindset, my energy, also obsessed and focused on you manifesting what you want. I can't wait to get to know you deeper in that group. So check out momentum, the manifestation challenge. And then after that on the, I believe it's the 29th of May, I start a four week program and oh my goodness, you guys, it is so yummy. It's going to be so powerful. There's going to be something fresh and new about it because my message and my goals or sorry, my message and my gifts are changing rapidly, expanding, um, tools coming through me, realizations coming through me, new ways to teach. So this four week program is called manifestation school. It's a four week program and there's two trainings a week. So actually one training a week and one energy activation, um, session. So I am actually going to do it again in a Facebook group because it was so fun. Um, so I'm going to keep everything up there. You can, I really recommend coming to the live trainings, but we also are going to going to have the replays available and I'm really going to aim to make it under an hour. The energy activations are going to be short, but powerful, like maybe half an hour, but super activating, super powerful source is just wanting to 
connect so deeply with you and help you to activate your cells. If you've never experienced one of my activations, they are definitely something to experience. It is a yummy energy session. That is exactly that an activation down into the being of your soul. I am ready to speak to your soul, to activate, to have more of you come online, release what has been not serving you and really step into that next version of you, that magnetic version of you. So in this program over four weeks, we're actually going to meet eight different times for trainings and energy activations because those two go hand in hand and they are so powerful. I've never taught some of the tools I'm teaching in this. It's really manifestation 2.0 for the people that are ready. So I'm going to be really real. I priced this, um, this program quite low because well, I mean like a fraction of the price of what my normal signature programs go for, what a normal, um, four week program would go for. I made it really low so that it was accessible to more people, but I want you to be very clear. And I want to be very clear. This container is for people who are ready. I'm not here to convince you that you can live a beautiful life. I'm not here to convince you that you are powerful, although you will feel it activated in your body. I really want to fill this program with the seekers that know that they are here to create big things and they maybe don't know quite what's been holding them back or they need some help with healing, with activation, with trust, with faith. That's fine. I don't expect you to be there, quote unquote, of course, Um, but it's really for people who are ready. So come with an open heart, come with open energy, join me in manifestation school. I cannot wait to teach and activate and really move the needle forward over four weeks. Seriously, your life, I know it it sounds big to say your life will change, but this is such a powerful container that I know you will be shifted from it. You will be changed from it. You will move the needle forward in your life. So I can't wait to get to know you deeper. I will see you hopefully in manifestation school. The link for that is below as well. And we're in the early bird phase right now of the pricing. So I can't wait to welcome more of you in, in that early bird phase. Cause why not? If you know you're coming in, might as well save money and there's payment plans and all the good stuff. So I can't wait to see you in manifestation school. Okay. So let's dive into the goo. And I'm going to start by explaining just briefly. There's other episodes on the goo. If you find that this really touches you and you really, it really resonates and you haven't heard me talk about this before, you can go back in the podcast. You could search Talia, Talia Joy goo, and like have it come up in, in a podcast, but I've touched on it in several other episodes. I was just thinking the first episode I shared was called the goo phase. And that was actually one of the most downloaded episodes on the podcast. So I know you guys are interested in this. So So first of all, the goo, when I say this, I am referring to, and where this came from is it was an intuitive moment. I do share it in that other episode, but I was at the beach where a lot of my downloads happen connecting to spirit. And I don't know, I don't actually remember exactly what I was channeling or thinking about or asking about, but they gave me the visual of the butterfly morphing or sorry, the caterpillar morphing into the butterfly, which has always been a metaphor that has deeply resonated with me. Butterflies have always been my spirit animal. Even when like my kids see a butterfly, they're like, look, it's mom. (laughs) It's so funny. So they've always deeply resonated, right? They are the symbol, a symbol of transformation, of going from one thing to the next, of completely changing form of going through your own metamorphosis, right? So I know a lot of you resonate with the butterfly. So what spirit showed me in that moment was that the, it showed me like a caterpillar going into a cocoon or spinning a cocoon. And then inside it, like zoomed me into like inside the cocoon, 
the caterpillar goes in there and before this realization, like maybe a year and a half ago, I didn't know what happened in the cocoon. I was like, I don't know, does the caterpillar body just sprout wings and legs? And I don't know. But what spirit showed me is it breaking down into a goo, into a liquid inside the, uh, inside the cocoon and then slowly building itself back up into a butterfly. And I was so like, what really? (laughs) That I actually went home, Googled it. I was like, oh my God, that's true. They go, they create a cocoon. Actually, I'm going to break it down even further so that you get the whole gist of the story so that you fully understand what we're talking about. So the caterpillar is a caterpillar when quote unquote, the time is right. It all of a sudden starts eating a lot. So it eats a lot. It eats a lot. And they have observed that it actually doesn't go more than a couple feet or maybe a couple meters. I'm not sure from the place where they're about to create a cocoon. So they stick basically close to home, even though the cocoon isn't even made yet. They eat a ton. They stay all in the same area. And then when, again, when the next time is right, they go find a stick or wherever, you know, a tree branch or something. And, and the caterpillar finds this perfect spot. It's gotten really big and fat from eating all this stuff. I don't know if you guys have ever read the hungry caterpillar with your kids or when you were a kid, but it does that minus the eating pie and salami and everything else, a pickle and all that stuff that they, that he eats in the book. I'm pretty sure they just eat leaves and whatever, but anyway, eats, goes, finds the right branch, spins a cocoon, spins itself inside into a cocoon inside its body starts breaking down cell by cell into goo. And when it is in the full goo phase, it is, there's no digestive system. There's no nervous system. There's no heart. There's no eyeballs. There's nothing. It is literal goo. And they say that if someone at that point were to come and like, like slit the cocoon with like an exacto knife or something, just goo, just liquid would pour out. There is no caterpillar anymore. It's gelatinous goo. So in my research, because right now I'm writing a book and this is such a big part of the book, the book is going to be, it is so incredibly epic, but it's all about this transformation and how we go through these death and rebirth cycles and what the meaning is and how to move through these. It's such a powerful book. I'm going away this weekend coming up to hopefully finish the content. I'm almost done. And then we start editing and oh, it's just so good. So in this, we talk a lot about the goo because it is such an important part. So in this goo phase, and when I started doing more research that I just realized this maybe six or eight months ago, I was studying or I was researching and watching scientists talk about videos and different things, what they think goes on in there and why and all this, but it goes in there, creates goo. And then again, when the time is right. And the reason I keep saying that is because it's like divine timing when source decides, when nature decides it starts, it, it goes from goo to start building itself back up into a butterfly. So it was a caterpillar. All the cells broke down into gelatinous nothingness goo. And then it starts building itself back up cell by cell into a butterfly. So again, it it's totally into goo and then it builds wings and antenna and new eyeballs and new digestive system and a new nervous system and a new heart and wings that have incredible colors on them as well. And it starts building itself up you know, and then it goes through the process. Once it's fully formed in there, it's not yet strong enough to leave the cocoon. 
once it's got its wings inside. Um, we actually just went to a butterfly world that's really close to us. I'm sure you might have one close to you. And there was all of these butterflies like literally hatching. I watched one come out of a cocoon. It was so cool. But once it's in there all fully formed, it's even got its colors. You can see it from the outside, but it's tight in a bud in there and it's not quite ready to come out yet. So it starts pushing on the outside of the cocoon and it pushes and it pushes and it looks almost like it's trying to get out but it's just building its muscles. It's building its form, its tone, right? If you were, again, to slit it open at that point, it wouldn't be yet ready to fly. So it goes in there, it pushes, it kind of contracts, it expands, it contracts, it expands, it contracts until it builds up this strength. And then I guess a something breaks of the cocoon. It gets so big, it pops or whatever. I don't mean like pops, but it comes out, <laughs> it crawls out of the cocoon and then it chills on the branch for a bit while its leaves dry off while the, the, you know, it's, it's dripping with liquid. I actually saw in this butterfly world, there was all this liquid in the bottom that almost looked like blood. It looked like a little murder scene. And they were saying that's actually like, I guess the, the fluid and it was, Oh, what did they call it? It, it I don't know if it was meconium, the thing that babies have, but it was like the ambiotic fluid basically in a, in a human baby and this fluid comes out. And so anyways, it sits on the branch, it dries its wings off and the wind starts coming and it like has to kind of resist the wind and it dries its wings off. And then at whatever moment, again, that nature decides it leaves the branch and it somehow knows how to fly. So this is like quite a miraculous story, right? So in the goo phase, which is that phase after it's broken down, that is so symbolic because the way I see things is the truths of the universe, the truths of nature. It's not isolated. The truths and how things work are rippled out in everything. That's why we can watch nature and be filled with metaphors about like a tree and having strong roots so that when the winds of change come, it's not going to fall over and your branches aren't going to break and you can stand steady in who you are. And, you know, we really see these metaphors and these ripples. You can see, you know, water running down, you know, a stream or water running down your driveway out of the hose. And then I had this moment where one, one time last year I was up in a plane and I was looking over the mountains and there was like rivers going into the ocean and it looked like the exact same pattern as like the water running down your driveway, the way that it meanders and little offshoots, but they all go down to the lake or the stream at the bottom, right? So why I'm saying this is that everything and the way things work, we can see it macro, we can see it micro. So we have to pay attention to these things. The process of transformation, the death and rebirth cycle exists in everything. It exists in the seasons with the trees. It exists in humans. It exists in within us as we're changing and growing. There's a death of what we used to be, not dying, but it's a releasing of what we used to be, a death of old narratives, of old wounds. They say people go through an ego death period where we have to like break down and release in order to move forward. So I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but in this goo, when we are in a goo phase in our life, I swear I meant for all the different phases of transformation to almost be equal in the book, but the goo phase is like the majority of the book, I swear, because so much goes on in this goo phase. So when this is happening, how I am teaching it in the book and how it um, really seems to me, what I've intuitively received is that the goo phase actually has two phases within it. The goo phase is this giant phase where the caterpillar goes in, breaks down, it's in goo and it starts building itself back up. That's still the goo phase as it's starting to build itself back up. Everything up until it takes flight is the goo phase because it's transforming from one to the next. So within the goo phase is the breakdown, 
first and then the shift after that. So in the breakdown, and this is what a lot of people are experiencing, the breakdown is here to have us break down what has not been working, to come face to face with what has not been working so that we can release it. So the goo phase in general is here as an on purpose, divinely created by God phase of transformation where everything breaks down and nothing is what it used to be, but you're not yet where you're going. You're in mush. It's a pile of unrecognizable goo. And these two different sections within the goo phase, the breakdown and the shift all have a a purpose and they feel very different when you're in them. So the breakdown is when we are, things are breaking down old beliefs, everything that you knew, it could be inside. It could be externally. Things start to crumble. Sometimes careers just don't feel aligned anymore or relationships don't feel aligned, or you've been doing your life one way, even like if it's habits or what you're doing on your, you know, your, your, um, like personal time, like the the things you do, the hobbies, the interests, those things can completely change. Friend circles can change. Things start to crumble. And when we're going through it, it feels like chaos. It feels unknown. It feels like confusion. It feels like things aren't working or going smoothly. And we experience these rock bottoms. So a rock bottom can be like this one rock bottom moment in your life, or it can be a really heavy few weeks, really heavy few months, a few years, a few days, but it's where we're really frustrated. So before the goo phase, as you'll read in the book is the initiation. And this is where things are being nudged. Like something's going to change. Something is starting to happen. You're starting to see glimpses of where things need to go or change or shift. You start getting inner knowings, inner nudges. You start getting a feeling like, Oh my God, things are changing. After that comes the goo phase where things start breaking down. It feels like this chaos and confusion. So this is where the initiation, that feeling of like, things are going to change. That's where this was leading you. And then after the goo phase, we get that clarity, we get that light and we make a giant shift, but we cannot make a shift without a goo phase. A butterfly can't just be a butterfly without, um, first experiencing a death and rebirth with first experiencing a goo phase. So when we're in the breakdown, right? Part one of the goo phase is the breakdown. You are breaking down beliefs, habits, behaviors, and ideas, and ways of doing life that have been so familiar to you that it starts to get really uncomfortable. This can even happen. Like we're changing our health and it's like, I know I should give up coffee, but I can't. And I know that's such a tiny example because usually the breakdown is much more dramatic, but all I'm saying is your gut is asking you to break down a habit you've had of having coffee before you eat or something that habit needs to fall away for your gut to start to be restored. Right? So again, I'm just saying we see this in huge ways like healing trauma, but then we also see it in littler ways, but we've become familiar in our habits. We've come become familiar in our routines. And even though we know something needs to change, the breakdown is so uncomfortable because it breaks us down from everything that we've been sunken into, even if it hasn't been comfortable. Like even if we haven't liked what we're doing or where we're at, it's still uncomfortable to change. It's still uncomfortable to put yourself out there, to stop certain habits, to move through. Right? So in the goo phase, 
yes, we're experiencing this confusion, aimlessness, sometimes withdrawal, like even things like alcohol or people or just not knowing what the fuck to do with ourselves. We often experience shame and guilt and confusion. I'll get to that in a minute when I talk about shadow, inner child, that's all part of this. Um, But we have a lack of certainty in almost anything. Everything comes to a halt and is often forcibly unraveled in the goo phase because you're encouraged to slow down to speed up, ground down to rise up. You're actually being called to unravel what hasn't been working in order to get to where you want to be. So as you enter the void between where you were and who you're becoming, you're asked to slow down, to be with yourself in a much deeper way than before. And this isn't fun. It's not easy. So as I said, for the butterfly, the becoming of the butterfly consists of a total breakdown of cells, tissues, organs, systems, everything, everything, even what the caterpillar eats and where it roams, like everything changes in our life. We have breakdowns when something we are doing isn't working, when we're out of alignment with our highest path or when our systems, our beliefs, our habits we've created are mismatched from where we're going. The universe starts to break down things that aren't working in order to make the shift in our life that we have been wanting. So the breakdown is actually a break open because if you think of the caterpillar, the breakdown, if you were in that moment, it's like, Oh my God, what is happening? I am breaking down, but really it's just the beginning of the butterfly. Like, does that give you goosebumps? The breakdown is actually just the beginning of the butterfly. We need to break down what is false, what is not working to crack our hearts open and to allow in more love, more peace, more source, more spirit, more God, more well-being, whatever word or flow, you know, resonates with you in order to work to align <laughs> in order to allow more in, we have to make space for it. We have to break down what hasn't been working. So the universe tries to get your attention. And it's been trying to get your attention in this initiation with intuition or with nudges or with like, I know, but blah, blah, blah. Or you've had this idea, like, I really want to hire a coach and get some support, or I really want to start a business. Like you've had these intuitive nudges, but when you don't listen or you haven't gotten the memo at no fault of your own, you need to learn how to do this. When you haven't gotten the memo, the breakdown will happen to force us to crack open. And I see this, especially since writing this book, oh my goodness, I see it in myself, in my clients, in my husband, the trigger, the breakdown is directly leading us to what we desire, but it's so hard to see it when we're in it. So usually the breakdown is triggered by something that happens in your life that causes some sort of like emotional response, something like anger, jealousy, shame, grief, rage, unworthiness, frustration, right? And if you remain open in the goo phase, you will experience things coming up to be released. And that's why the goo phase is no joke. And it's often a time where it's very intense and intense emotion can come up that tempts us to shut down, to disassociate, to numb, to go into fight or flee or freeze or any other coping strategy. It tempts us to drink more, to spend more, to have sex more, whatever it is to numb what's going on. But if you can learn how to stay open when shit feels like chaos, we can actually move through it with much less suffering and much less pain. So the breakdown is an encouragement to surrender 
to what is and allow the universe to show us to consciously be in the goo, in the unknown, in the uncertainty, in the void so that we can feel and heal and move through and receive from the universe what's going on and ultimately transform quicker. So I'm going to get in a few moments to how you can't rush the goo, but when you meet it with an open heart, you can move through it in sort of the natural way. It's like the trees, you can't rush the seasons, but if the trees do what they do, like the soil dries up when it's supposed to, or whatever's happening, the leaves fall, you know, then it goes exactly how it should. So it doesn't need to be rushed, but it goes smoothly. Whereas when we resist the goo and we constantly are triggered by the goo, again, no fault because this is, it's, it's chaos. It sucks. It's heavy, but the caterpillar has no choice, but to surrender to the goo. I feel like, and of course I don't know this, but I feel like the caterpillar's not going like, no, 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 no. And like resisting the breaking down of the cells. Like it is so just like animals, right? It's so connected to instinct slash intuition that it probably just goes in and doesn't really know what it's doing, but like a bear hibernates, like it doesn't go like this year, I'm not going to hibernate. And everyone's like, no, you really should. And it's like, no, I'm going to, you know, I refuse to go dormant. It's like, they just do it because they're connected to instinct. So I would think the caterpillar has no choice, but to surrender. It has an innate trust in the process. And I would imagine that it doesn't fight it. That being said, This phase can be filled with excruciating emotional pain, and it can be really difficult to change the way we deal with the pain, the way we hold ourselves through it. And instead of the usual tactics of repressing or ignoring, can you be brave enough to sit with it, to feel with it, to be in uncertainty without desperately trying to fix or change it? So often in the breakdown, it's totally normal for things to get worse before they get better. We often fall back into old patterns. We shut down, we isolate, we drink, we repress because that's how we've always dealt with it, right? It can get secretive. It can get negative. It can get hard to see the parts of ourselves that we've put a lot of effort into hiding or repressing. So if you're in a goo phase and you've been someone who's like a control freak and everything's fricking crumbling and you have no control over any of it. That is so uncomfortable. It's tempting to like throw yourself into work or throw yourself into partying or some sort of way of numbing or, you know, distract, 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 because it's so uncomfortable to be out of control. And I've had clients like this. This is a, you know, a common personality thing. And often these clients are very driven, very successful, very incredible humans, but it's so uncomfortable to be in unknown. And I have clients all the time going like, but Talia, how, but like, what do I do? And it's like, what if there is no to do? What if it's just to be in it? Right. And I've been faced with this in so many different ways with my body, with my business. There's been times where, um, about a year and a half ago, I had no fucking clue what to put out. I didn't know. And I felt like, well, I should, cause I need income and you know, I should be putting things out. I don't want to like stop putting things out. That's what I do. I want to help people. I'm here. And I had to sit in that discomfort. And it was like four months of not having a program, not having a challenge. I had like just the get unblocked workshops, or I don't remember exactly what, but it was like just the bare minimum. And I didn't know what to put out. But in that goo phase of my business, just even again, this happens macro and it happens micro, but in that phase in my business, that goo phase, I sat through it and it was so uncomfortable. I was like, maybe I'll just create a challenge. Maybe I'll just create a this. And I was like, no, 
This is you being in it. And all of the book and all the content hadn't even fully surfaced in my life. I didn't fully know about this as much as I do now, but I surrendered to it. And that was when I had the huge realization, which there's an episode about it that says this had me triple my income. It's a really good episode, but I had that breakthrough, that realization in the goo phase. And I know that if I would have pushed through it and tried to create more and do more and just put stuff out and create work for myself, I wouldn't have been able to be present to what was trying to come through. So it's normal to be extremely confused, to be like, what the hell am I missing? Why are things crashing down? I'm trying to do all these good things. I've been meditating. I've been doing this and everything is crashing around me. And it's so common and normal to spiral into uncertainty and being like, there must be something I'm missing. There must be something that I can't see yet. There must be something that I'm doing wrong. This confusion, this uncertainty can feel totally like out of your hands and uncomfortable and hard to navigate. But this is the best time to allow life to burn to the ground instead of trying to cling to what it used to be. This is the time to allow yourself to cry, to feel, to move through your emotions without trying to get back to normal, without trying to get back to what you were, or even trying to push ahead too far, just being in what it is. So this is also the time where we, what we call the dark night of the soul, which basically is the process of, of, um, of transformation. So I tied that into the book and I write about that because I think that this is a really important time to bring this in because it's essentially the same thing. It's just my way of looking at it. But the dark night of the soul has been tracked back to the 16th century. And it's talked about as a person's spiritual crisis that brings them closer in their union with God. That was how it was talked about in the 16th century, that a dark night of the soul is the process of transformation. It's the death and rebirth. And the soul, the dark night of the soul has its stages that people talk about. People like Eckhart Tolle have written books on the dark night of the soul. And Number one, it depends on who talks about it, but there's four stages that is kind of commonly talked about out there. Um, lightning strikes, disillusion, the purge and reintegration. And it's very similar to the way that I'm describing this process, but the dark night of the soul is the center of the death and rebirth. So is the goo phase. This is the part like in the dark night of the soul stuff. They say, this is where stuff starts breaking down. We're often triggered by an event. Um, and in the caterpillar journey, the dark night of the soul would be when it goes into the cocoon from the moment that the cocoon is sealed, the caterpillar, the caterpillar starts to rest and it starts on its great journey of deconstruction, the journey of death. And I just said that death, <laughs> it's not dying like human dying. It's a part of us dying, breaking down everything that was, was not working. The cat, the caterpillar surrenders to the process. And when we're in life and we enter a dark night of the soul, it's a collapse of all the perceived meaning. So I'm just going to read for a second. And this is from Eckhart Tolle's book, the return of aliveness, the dark night of the soul. So he says, the dark night of the soul is a term that goes back a long time. It is a term used to describe what one could call the collapse of a perceived meaning in life, an eruption into your life, in, sorry, an eruption into your life of a deep sense of meaninglessness. The inner state in some cases is very close to what is conventionally called depression. Nothing makes sense anymore. There is no purpose to anything. Sometimes life is triggered by an external event, a disaster, or on an internal level. 
The death of someone close to you could trigger it, a premature, especially a premature death. Like if a children die, a child dies or a friend dies that's younger, or you had built up your life and given it meaning, and that meaning you had given your life, your achievements, where you're going, what is considered a sorry, what is considered important, and all the meaning that you have given your life seems to collapse. And that's what he talks about, the dark night of the soul. So understanding death must happen for the soul to be awakened. The darkness is a void that contains purification, cleansing, refinement. You will be reborn into a higher consciousness that is more aligned with source. But first, parts of your ego must die. This is what death and rebirth is. And the goo phase is that center point that is so uncomfortable as we're talking about because nothing is what it was and you're not yet where you are going. So I'm going to share a story about a goo phase with me healing my eating disorder. And when that started to, when I started to move out of disordered eating, I entered one of the most, especially up until that point, uncertain uncomfortable goo phases ever. So I was knee deep in uh, 2011, knee deep in an eating disorder. I was obsessed. I couldn't eat anything without telling myself why it was wrong. I was in that place of like, no fats, no sugar, no carbs, no this, you know, like running all the day, all the time, working out all the time, fasting, cleansing, just like I was, I had been consumed for over a decade and I entered a goo phase. So I was crying out for help. Some of you have heard um, my my story where I crumbled to the ground and I was in this moment of panic around a salad I was eating and working out and everything just like collapsed. I, I, I fell to the ground. I was crying. I was sobbing. I called out for help. I said, I need help spirit. Or I didn't even say spirit because that wasn't even as familiar to me at the time, but it was, I need help. I fell to the ground and I heard, that was the first time I clearly heard my intuition, the clear audience part of it, love yourself and the rest will fall into place, right? I talk about this. And I decided to surrender to it because I had reached my rock bottom. I was shoved to the ground. I was terrified. I was unsure. I had no idea how to get myself out of an eating disorder. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to be more fit, but I was no longer wanting to be obsessed with calories and diet plans and logging exercise and any regiment to tell me how to eat or how to lose weight. I knew I could no longer restrict my food, purge after I ate. I knew I could no longer obsessively exercise. My body was in pain. My hair was falling out. I was drinking a lot to numb being in my head. I was doing drugs. I was in a rock bottom and I entered myself into a goo phase I felt like everything that I'd been doing had to be let go, like let, had to be let go. The diets, the obsession, the way I was thinking, like, this is what my body should be. And this is how much I should weigh and always, you know, weighing myself. But I had no clue what that looked like in the future, how to listen to my intuition, how to, I went on to teach intuitive eating at that time. I didn't even know what that would mean. And it was, I was so clueless and terrified I was so scared I was going to gain a whole bunch of weight. I was going to go off the handles. I'd just ricochet back into an eating disorder because I, I really had no idea how to eat from peace, but I was so unhappy with where I was and I called out for help and I was shoved into a goo phase. And before that, as I was talking about the initiation, 
I was initiated a long time ago. I'd been hearing like, this isn't working. You're harming yourself. You know, this is coming from self-hatred. You know, what are you losing weight for? Who are you trying to lose weight for? I'd had all these internal nudges of like, girl, what you're doing is not working. Doing lots of Coke to not eat or taking pills or drinking a lot. Like this is not working. This isn't going to end anywhere good. But I wasn't ready until that rock bottom. So the rock bottom sent me into a goo phase. And at that time, I also quit drinking, which was a huge way that I coped with being in my head as I went into this goo phase. Um, I had been numbing daily with drugs, alcohol, pills to deal with the thoughts and the pressures and the drill, drill sergeant in my mind. So being thrown into a goo phase with no alcohol, with no drugs to numb, which was so intense, I felt deeply broken. I felt lost. I felt scared. I felt shameful. I felt alone. I felt like a friggin' mess. I felt unlovable. I was living in secret. I was living these lies. I felt disgusting in my skin. I felt shame for the way I'd been doing my life. Shame around the secrets and the lies I had created from the eating disorder. Shame about my weight. Shame for my lack of being able to control my weight. I would hyperventilate anytime I'd think about moving forward with no plan, no diet plan, no anything to focus. It was so scary. I was so uncertain. I'd never allowed myself to be out of control without numbing it or forcing myself into a new ironclad plan that was going to move me forward. But really, it was just numbing my discomfort. As soon as I let go of the numbing plan, the numbing, sorry, the rigid plans, and the numbing coping strategies, I started to create space in the unknown and sink into that void. So it was so uncomfortable, but very quickly I started sinking into it. I started witnessing my uncertainty. You know, I, I started, it was the first time I realized that my ego is the one that always wants to make a plan. Like if I get on the scale or I don't like what I see, it's like, okay, starting Monday, we're going to cleanse. We're going to do yoga. We're going to join a program. We're going to do it with a friend. We're going to give all these dreams that reaction is from the ego. It doesn't mean we can't have plans, but it's a reaction to being uncomfortable. So when we stop numbing and avoiding our feelings and everything gets really intense, it's really hard to stay present to what is coming up. But this is the place where if you can name what you're feeling, I am feeling uncertain. I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling unlovable. I'm feeling undeserving. I'm feeling alone. What is happening in the goo phase when these feelings come up is we have finally created enough space to hear and to see our inner child and our shadow, which work very closely together. When we stop numbing and avoiding our feelings, our inner child can start to come through with what's really going on down there. For me to be in an eating disorder for over a decade, I was covering up my wounded inner child that didn't feel good enough from the time she was seven, from the time she was first bullied from the time she was more aggressively bullied in high school where the cops were called and I moved cities and moved to a completely different place and completely different area of my province, like seven hours away. I hadn't dealt with that. I hadn't dealt with that. I hadn't dealt with the feelings that I had from my mom, from different things, feeling abandoned, feeling unloved or unheld or any of that. So I, I covered it up with an eating disorder. I covered it up with control and rigid plans and numbing strategies. So when all of that stopped, so much pain started coming forward, which was very hard. But when we are face to face and we're present with how we feel, we start to notice that these emotions are ones that we've been hiding from. 
And it's actually our inner child asking for attention, showing us where the wound is, waiting for someone to notice how much pain we're in. So our job in the goo phase becomes to notice, realize, and be with your inner child, recognizing she doesn't need fixing, you don't need fixing. Your inner child, he, she, them needs acknowledging. She doesn't need silencing. She needs to be heard and seen. They don't need to be shoved away and fixed. They need to be acknowledged. So it's common in the goo phase to feel withdrawn, to feel chaotic, to feel sad and heavy, to feel like a friggin' hot mess. It's normal. I promise you, you're in the process of letting everything go, everything that you thought you were and who you had made yourself to be so that you can actually become what you came here to become, which is also who you've always been the deep down part of you, the essence part of you, the soul part of you is wanting to flourish. She, they are free, abundant, loving, positive, healthy, radiant. That's what is wanting to come forward. So we have to break down and go through this uncertain phase. The goo phase is you beginning to actively come back to your truth. Come back into what you've always been deep, deep down, the essence you came here to be, the soul you came here to be, the gifts you came here to share. In this phase, the goo phase, you'll be stripped down from all the parts of you that are not working. Your identity is questioned, your friends, your relationships, stuff falls away, careers change, things become less meaningful. It seems so weird. Like Eckhart Tolle said in the thing I read earlier, it is very much like depression, But if we can learn to move through it and see what is happening in our lives, this is our biggest opportunity for healing. We've created our entire life around false constructs, around lack, around disempowering relationships, choices we've made from unworthiness. And it's time to step into full power, into purpose, into fullest expression and the smallness it needs to go. It needs to be healed. So in the goo phase. It is calling you to inner child healing and you will come face to face with your shadow. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit. So first I'm going to touch on the inner child healing, and then I'm going to blend it into shadow because they work so well together. So one of the best things in the goo, in addition to surrendering and just trying to have an open heart and being with your emotions, if you need to cry, cry, if you need to be mad, be mad. It's like the time of the the grand allowing, but inner child work as you become ready is a really good thing to do because in this void space, you are ultimately being asked to break down the lies you've been told and come back into who you truly are under the wounding. So whether the goo phase is, is in your entire life, or it's just one area of your life with money or relationships, it's time to look at what you have been believing that is false so that you can move back into your whole authentic self. So for me with the goo phase, as I talked about with the eating disorder, I was being called back into kindness with my body, compassion, intention, intuition, real health and thriving. I was coming, I was being called to heal my inner child that was so bullied and believed that her body was not good enough, believed that her body was shameful, that she would be better and more loved if it changed, if it was thin or it was admirable. That inner child was the one leading the the eating disorder, going like, we have to change in order to be more loved. You would be prettier if you were thinner. That was inner child wounding. So in this work, you're being called to come to your inner child work, whether you hire someone or you do it on your own, you can do this on your own, but it's time to see whatever you've been experiencing 
that is keeping you stuck. And so we get to see that when we're deeply triggered and emotionally react, it's coming from the inner child and that that version of us needs love. So I intended to make this episode a little bit shorter, but now I'm like really on a tangent. So I hope this is serving you. I don't want to rush through this because it is so important. So when you're in the goo, you will feel deeply uncomfortable, as I said, and experience probably shame and self-judgment. So instead of judging yourself, acknowledge that it is the little you the child you who is feeling this, the little you who is sad, the little you who is frustrated, who feels unnoticed or unlovable or like it's not fair, right? So what would you tell a child? Would you tell a child to get over it and suck it up, that you're being dumb, move on, get over this already, what's wrong with you? Would you ignore the terrified and sad little child who is needing your attention? Would you discount their feelings of fear and belittle their suffering? Or would you listen? Would you rub their back? Would you give them loving attention? Would you say it's okay? What happened? Tell me about it. So the moments that trigger you in this goo phase is an opportunity for a mini death and rebirth transformation cycle. When you are triggered, even something small, it's still a belief and an energy that is being asked to transform in order for you to move forward. So even the smallest thing, like someone, someone making, um, making us the wrong food in a restaurant, it might really trigger you. If it really triggers you, it's a place to go like, what's going on? So instead of being able to calmly communicate with the restaurant, be like, oh, this is wrong. If someone gets extremely agitated and aggressive and condescending, it might be deep down because your inner child feels unheard, unnoticed, like nobody cares, like you're always let down, like people don't listen to you, that your needs aren't met, no one ever comes through for you, right? So it's an opportunity to be like, what part of me is really upset here? And go into that inner child work. So the other part of the goo phase, and again, this is like, I do this work with my clients. I could go on and on. That's why I'm writing a book. There's so much more in the book about this, but you're also going to come face to face with your shadow. So the breakdown will have you face to face with your shadow, with your loneliness, with your unworthiness, with your fear, insecurity. It's the deepest, darkest, most often shameful, as I've been saying, or embarrassing or hurt part of you that shows its face. That's why it's so intense. So the shadow, according to Carl Jung, is the part of ourselves that we don't like, that we choose to repress and hide. The part of us that gets locked in the deepest, darkest, most hidden attics and crawl spaces deep down within us. So as children, he says, Dr. Young says that it's because as children, we learn not to express our emotions because it could cause negative reactions from parents and teachers and people that love us or we love. So we repress them. So we learn that some emotions are acceptable and some are not. And this is the base of shadow work. So we learned that aspects of our personality, like shame, like feeling unacceptable, like feeling ugly, or even envy, jealousy, rage, judgment, resentment, selfishness, aggressive, um, like um, aggression, being reactive, being self-centered, being arrogant. These are all parts of us that we shove into our shadow because we don't want to be that person. We don't want to be that person. We don't want people to see it. It feels embarrassing. So our shadow self was actually created from the wounded inner child is the way I see it. Our inner child may have witnessed neglect and addiction. Therefore, as you grow, you create secret habits, compulsions, and addictions yourself. The secret addict is the part of your shadow that you have put effort into hiding. So you feel this shame and this judgment about yourself. The inner child was the one who experienced and was traumatized by the events that you saw. 
and they live in the shadow and the shadow was developed from those experiences. Does that kind of make sense? So you will come face to face with your shadow. There's times I've gone through low points and just out of nowhere, like bought alcohol and like had a few drinks on my own and then felt shame. Like, why did I go back into that behavior? Why did I go back into that pattern? That's my shadow. I don't want to tell anyone that like, Hey, I was feeling stressed. So I secretly drank like that's embarrassing. That's shadow. So I hide it. Right. And instead of hiding it, we want to be with it and go, okay, no worries, self-forgiveness. But why did you do that? Oh, because it was really uncomfortable being alone. And I felt like alcohol just helped me to loosen up. Okay. No worries. It's all good. Give healing to yourself instead of more shame. So I'm going to move out of shadow and inner child, even though it's very important. But the last thing I want to talk about, which is really important in the goo phase, there's actually two things. Number one is getting stuck in the goo. So it's really easy for us to become stuck in the goo because frankly, it's the hardest. The goo phase is where most people get stuck because it's highly uncomfortable. It's confusing. It's chaotic, right? When an alcoholic makes a choice to quit drinking, there's a dark, difficult period where they experience, I'm sure, withdrawals, irritability, purging, emotional instability, and other things, right? When I entered the goo phase with my eating disorder and I just had no plan or format or rules on what to eat. I felt so fucking uncomfortable because I was terrified. I was just going to end up with Doritos on the couch and never move. I didn't know, oh, what should I eat? Like if I'm not doing some sort of diet, what do I do? Right? This is so uncomfortable. But the alcoholic needs to learn how to maybe do weddings or celebrations sober. They need to learn how to navigate emotions that come up without drinking. They need to learn how to be present in life, how to show up sober. Who am I sober, right? For me, I had to learn how to navigate restaurants, how to navigate eating, what felt good in my body. And it was so uncomfortable. So it's really common to go back to what feels comfortable because it's so uncomfortable. So the alcoholic and how, and I'm not picking on it. I know dear friends, family that have, you know, struggled with alcohol. I know it well. And this is the point where a lot of times people go back to drinking because at that point, drinking is more comfortable than trying to learn how to do life sober. And so applying that to your life, right? Like going out on dates and just trying to find someone is more, uh, is more uncomfortable, so is more comfortable than spending some time on your own. And I'm not actually saying that you need to spend time on your own. I'm just saying maybe you've been called to be single because you're getting to know yourself and love yourself. But if you don't do that work and you just numb yourself and continue like out on dates just to avoid being alone, we get stuck in the goo. So people get stuck here because deep down they know that what they are being asked to do will require bravery often sacrifice trust in the universe and it's terrifying. So instead of surrendering to the transformation process, we react, we back out. We're like, never mind, don't want to do it, right? Because it's hard. So if you're not trusting in the process and surrendering to the transformation that's at hand, you're blocking your own resolutions. Um, your own like, um, yeah, like resolutions, like the new things you want to do. You're blocking those own, like your solutions that are trying to come forward and the things that are actually going to help you and keeping yourself in the goo. So to move through this phase, the keys are to acknowledge and allow the discomfort to come up every single time. If you can to be as loving and compassionate with yourself when they do come up through the darkness and to try to keep your heart open as you surrender to it. 
If you need to cry, cry. If you need to take a bath, take a bath. Try to be present with yourself. If you need to sleep, sleep. As you come face to face with the darkness, stay as open as possible. No better things are coming. And the last thing I want to touch on is through this goo phase, we have to get good at decoding the goo. And in the book, there's a whole chapter on this. Remembering that triggers, reoccurring themes, and things that come crashing down is really part of the deconstructing of what you are about to rebuild in order to experience the life you want. So I'm just going to give like a really simple example, kind of basing on what I was talking about just a minute ago about being stuck in the goo. This is an example that doesn't have a lot of emotion or heat behind it. I am being called personally to drink less coffee. I've always drank a ton of coffee. Now, even I'm really proud of myself. It's only a couple cups in the day and I've been trying to drink more water and eat more before drinking coffee, all that stuff. But every morning I want the damn coffee, right? And it's not even that I personally need it. Like if I'm on vacation and there's crappy coffee or I'm traveling and there's none, I will have tea or hot water or whatever. I am totally fine, but I love it. And even in my, in my healing journey with my gut and thyroid and acidity in my body and all these different things that I pay attention to, coffee is something that doesn't do me a lot of good. I'm being asked to either give it up or cut it in half or just do something even more drastic. I've changed a lot in the last six months. I drink a lot less than I used to, probably in half from what I was, but I'm calling to do it again. So that discomfort comes up and it's very easy to be like, oh, on Monday I will, or oh, next week, right? Because every morning I want the coffee, but the more I resist that inner nudge, I'm putting off my own transformation. And we all know that the time that comes when you're like, fuck it, I'll do it. Whether it's taking a supplement or starting to do Pilates or walk or something healthy for yourself, anything, even if it's reading more and you're like, I'm going to do it, or I'm going to go apply for jobs or start going out on dates. Once we just go like, I'm going to do it. And we throw ourselves in. We often, especially something like coffee, I know that I'm going to feel better. So we resist our own transformation because it's fucking uncomfortable. It's like, but I want coffee. I love it. And I also have alternatives. I love too. I love mud water. I love tea. I love lemon water, apple cider vinegar water, regular water, warm water, cold water. I love it all. I don't need coffee and I'm being called to cut down again, but I resist it. So I stay stuck in the situation of whatever the coffee's doing to me, whether it is thyroid, adrenals, gut, whatever it is that I'm being called the, the reasons why I'm keeping myself in it, in it by not surrendering to the call. Right? So it's really interesting how this happens because we stay stuck because we're like, I don't want to right? But what the universe is calling you to do is not just a should it's your highest good. And once you flip over into doing something new and you feel so much better, you go like, Oh, I don't even really want that thing anymore. At one point I couldn't imagine not drinking. And now I maybe have a drink like maybe twice a year. And it's like one or like a Caesar on my birthday or something like it's, it's so easy now and I don't want it. There's so many times it's like, do you want a drink or Hey, does anyone want a beer? And I'm just like, no, I'm good. Like easy, effortless, no problem. But it was, wasn't effortless in the beginning. So I know once I either cut out coffee or cut down again, I'll feel even better and I'll go, Oh, that's easy. My husband can drink. It doesn't bother me. I'm just like totally good, but I resist it because I don't want to. So this is the way that we resist. So what now moving into the decoding part is remembering that these triggers are things crashing down that we need to surrender to. So if I surrender, if I was like, no, I'm going to not drink coffee for a week or for a month or whatever, 
the craving comes up, they're like, Oh, I really want coffee. And I just go, no, this is in my highest good. I'm going to listen. And I open, I move through with an open heart. I'll move into a new habit and then I'll be grateful that I did. So, you know, that was just about coffee, but when it's life, when it's being alone or not having money or your business isn't working or relationships aren't working, remembering that triggers reoccurring themes and things crashing down is part of the deconstruction of what you were so that you can turn into what you are, what you've always been, what you're wanting. You can't just be the butterfly out of nowhere. The Phoenix doesn't just rise from like peaceful soil ground. Like it has to deconstruct. It has to burn to the ground. The caterpillar needs to completely break down for it to start building itself back up. Something has to die to make space for the new. So triggers, frustrations, disempowerment, anxiety, looping patterns, your shadow are showing you an opportunity for growth. And the sooner you see that, the better. Instead of staying in the, this sucks phase, which I know very well, realizing that your medicine is right in front of you. So realizing that underneath the reoccurring theme of your needs, not being met is the whisper that it's time to meet your own needs under the reoccurring struggle that people let you down is the medicine of it's time to have your own back, to not let yourself down. The trigger of the abandonment wound, feeling like nobody gives a shit, feeling like nobody cares, feeling like you're abandoned. Underneath that reoccurring pattern is the call that it's time to stop self-abandoning. It's time to come home to who you truly are. With the endless looping pattern and frustration with money is the universe calling you to step deeper into abundance mindset, into flourishing, to value yourself, to give worth to yourself. Underneath the wounds of your parents and what they didn't do is realizing your own worth, giving yourself your own approval. Underneath the mind saying you're not where you should be right now is the gift of the present moment, asking you to be present. So if you're obsessively feeling like you're not where you should be and things start crashing down, people are triggering you, other people's success is rubbing you the wrong way. And then all of a sudden business isn't working as well. And stuff starts being like really just crashing down, really frustrated, maybe a relationship that you thought you were going to start trying to have children. And now it ends and you're going, what the hell? Because you were obsessing on, I'm not where I should be. And things start crashing down because source, you know, you're, you're simultaneously saying, I'm not where I should be. I want to be in abundance and empowerment. And source is like, not like that. Like we can't like that. We want that for you too, but we can't with this constant rapid, I'm not where I should be. So you will be thrown into the ground for you to recognize the gift of this present moment. And what if I am exactly where I should be? What if everything I've been doing has been leading me to here and actually there's a messy perfection to it all? That's what source is asking you to believe in and to trust and to surrender, to be in the present moment instead of constantly obsessing about where you're not, right? So when you start to see triggers as light, it becomes easier to navigate. So this, all of this that I've talked about today, I planned on talking about the next phase which is the shift, which is also part of the goo phase. I don't have time to talk about that now because this felt so important. But after the darkness, the breakdown, the stay open in your heart, you can't rush your healing. You can't rush the, rush the transformation. The quickest way to transform is to naturally flow with it. 
going and doing your inner child work, trusting in the shedding, trusting in the breakdown and trusting that it's bringing you closer to the metamorphosis. The breakdown always comes before the breakthrough. You can't rush the process, but you can stay open and willing to see what it is showing you. So after you start seeing that and you start seeing, oh my goodness, I've been pushing so hard and it's time to come home to me. It's time to value myself. It's time to step deeper into self-worthiness. Then you start to enter the shift. And the shift is where we accepted the assignment. We recognize that we want to practice unconditional love with ourselves, or pouring back into ourselves or having more boundaries or speaking up or believing in ourselves, or having trust in the universe to put ourselves out there, to believe in a better tomorrow, to move into deep worthiness. Once we start doing that or start acknowledging that, we start to enter the shift. And the shift is where we take action on what we've been called to do. So let's go to the example of the coffee. I had the initiation, which was like, okay, you drink a lot of coffee. I've had that for a lot of years, right? And then the breaking down is like stuff in my body that is kind of quote unquote going wrong or hurting or off balance. And then I start looking into it and some of it has to do just in part to coffee. And it's like, oh, some things we recommend is cutting down on caffeine, you know, making sure your blood sugar is stable, blah, blah, blah. So once again, it comes back to coffee. So I'm starting to experience, and this isn't in the current moment, but this has been the last kind of six months, all of a sudden, like more pain and different things coming up that is breaking down. It's going like, you're not listening or it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I'm like, fuck. So then the moment I go, you know what? Today's the day today. I'm just going to have one cup of coffee. And actually over the last year, like I said, I've cut it in half. So I've already been going through the shift because I started choosing to do something different. And when we start entering the shift, which is still part of the goo phase, but This is when you're being built back up into the new formation. After the dark night of the soul, in the example of the butterfly, after the caterpillar turns into this protein-rich soup of goo, it starts building itself back up into a completely new creature. And all it knew how to do was walk on the ground with multiple legs. And now it has to learn how to do life with wings. And this is a big shift. This is where we change. This is where we are preparing to fly. The shift happens as you authentically have the desire and willingness to change and experience life in a new way. After you go through the death portal and the goo phase of this total uncertainty and we start to extract, what is this showing me? We do a little bit of healing. We dabble in self-compassion and self-worth before we're unwilling to see, but now we get willing to see. Before we didn't realize that we were unwilling to see things differently. We were just head down committed to our ways of thinking, to the identity we had created for ourselves, to being the sufferer, to being in lack, to being desperate, to being whatever. We have the breakdown and the shift comes when we are more activated and lit up to change. So as I was saying a few minutes ago, I see this in clients now so clearly. Sometimes it's easier to see it in other people. I'll have a client who has a rough friggin' week, day, month, heavy, heavy, heavy. 
And I even sometimes have clients like, I just don't want to hear it today. I don't want to hear positive. Like I am in it. And I'm like, okay, this is the goo. This is the breakdown. And sure enough, as I give them space, and of course I'm rooting them on and loving them and being like, here's a meditation or, you know, just being that space, being that help, helping them to see what spirit sees, but ultimately letting them go through that with that support and reminder to keep open and give tools and all that good stuff. But as they move through, all of a sudden the day comes where I get a message and it's like, good morning. Cause when I do voice memo with my clients, we're talking every day or most days and I'll hear good morning. Like today I'm just really sinking into self-worth and like, fuck it. Like, this is my life. This is my time. I'm no longer going to stay small for people. I'm sick of pouring into people that don't really care about me. I'm sick of feeling like shit about myself. You know what? I'm ready. So today I did this. And on the weekend, I carved out alone time and I took time with myself, with my self-care. And I reached out to someone and I found a new therapist and I booked myself a massage and I went on a walk and I'm like, yes, every time after the low point when you move through the goo phase, quote unquote, right, or open, or just take it as an assignment, then we will get the dawn of a new day. We will get the lightness after the storm. When I start drinking less coffee, I start feeling better. And about six months ago, or in the last six months, when I kind of did cut my coffee in half, I found way less like jittery feelings, or I wouldn't get so hungry plus the coffee, the coffee jitters. And that just felt like shit. And I was chasing my blood sugar all day and already cutting it in half. I feel so much better. And now I'm called to do it again. And no part of me goes like, I wish I could drink double the coffee. Like there are days when I'm like, I want another coffee, but I'm not sitting there going, I wish I didn't do that for myself. I'm actually like, okay, yeah, I can totally see how that was impacting my life. And I'm so grateful that I made that shift. So as we move into the shift, how I want to wrap this up is when you're in the goo, and this is like, I didn't even fully straight up say this, I don't think, but when you're in the goo, the universe is calling you toward an assignment for you to see something. But ultimately, if you don't know what to do, how to move from the goo into the shift, it is calling you to double down on self-care, double down on self-worth, believing you are worthy, seeing yourself as a beautiful butterfly already, worthy of this transformation, worthy of love, worthy of abundance. And if that feels very far off for you, that's a call for inner child or shadow work or both. But as you move through doubling down on self-worth, doubling down on self-care and doubling down on your core values, which is something I talk about in other episodes, but essentially doubling down on what means the most to you. So one of my core values is nature because I was brought up in the bush. I feel the most at home in nature. It's all I want to do is like hike and be outside and be in the sunshine. It is that important to me. It's healing to me. So when I'm in a, a friggin' goo phase and I'm devastated or I'm shameful or I'm feeling frustrated or unworthy, one thing I can always do is go into nature. So it doesn't mean doubling down on doing a bunch of stuff. You don't have to do a bunch of stuff, but it's like doubling into healing, into nurturing, into what feels best for you. So in my lowest days, sometimes like getting in a bath because it's water, because it's nature, it just helps me getting outside, putting my feet on the earth, going for a walk by myself with no headphones in nature just really helps. So as you're going through the low times, 
My biggest recommendations are inner child work and shadow work. It's not something you have to obsessively do, but become aware of what the inner child is and what the shadow is for yourself. Make it, make it make sense for yourself. Start to see the breakdown as an assignment. What is source actually removing for me, helping me to move through doubling down on self-care, doubling down on self-worth and your core values kind of grounding down instead of numbing, instead of ignoring, instead of blaming or shaming yourself, instead of pretending that this isn't working and it's never going to work. That's not what, that's what will keep you stuck in the goo is continuously reacting to your circumstances will keep you stuck. So instead of reacting to your circumstances, see them as something valuable, that there's something to get out of this. This is the deconstructing of what doesn't work so that you can step into huge possibility. And even though the shift is scary because it causes you to often make some big moves, this is when you make decisions in your life that does change everything you've built. So your business may take a drastic pivot. You may end a relationship. You may move. You may quit your job. You may start a business. You may travel more. You may cut down or cut out alcohol or whatever. Distance yourself from certain people. But taking that action and doing what is important to you, grounding into your core values and getting focused on everything that you truly are and coming back into alignment with who you truly are, that will pay off way more than you can ever imagine. You are being guided toward the light. You are being guided toward the change. The goo phase is asking you to let go of the armor, to let go of the wall around your heart, the judgments, to heal the wounds and to start coming from your whole authentic self rather than what you've been told you should do or what to do or what to be or who to be. When you start to let go of the character you have created and ask yourself who you truly are, the shift is already happening. When you start making decisions and choices in your highest good, when you're willing when you crack open your heart and le learn to see yourself through the lens of unconditional love, you're shifting. The shift is asking you to do that. The goo phase is asking you to do that, to shift who you truly are, but more away from the falseness and into the realness. So I know this was a long one. I appreciate you sticking in here with me for this. If you're in a goo phase, it is uncertain. It is scary, but it is so good. It is such a good sign because if we think about it, the opposite is just staying the caterpillar, which is fine. Caterpillars are cool and fuzzy and cute, but you were meant to be a butterfly. You were always meant to be a butterfly. So instead of staying on the ground, it is time to fly. And that breakdown is part of the transformation. So right now, if you're going through a breakdown, if you're going through a goo phase, Say to yourself out loud, put your hand on your heart and say, this is part of the transformation. My job is to stay open. My job is to nourish myself. My job is try to relax. Even if I'm so deeply uncomfortable, be held in the fact that you are changing. This is good. It's like a discomfort of working out. It's like, it's good, right? It's a discomfort of stretching. Sometimes it's so uncomfortable to stretch like your hips, but it's good you're being asked to relax into the stretch. When you relax into the stretch, the stretch continues to happen. When you retract and come out of it, we stop the, the stretch, right? And the progress. So starting to see it like that.
So I hope that this episode has served you, my love. There's so much to talk about here. And of course, if you are called to create momentum in your manifestation journey, this, you know, this is so much of what I teach and help people through. So even in our manifestation program, manifestation school, or in momentum, all of the tools you learn are going to help you in the goo phase. This is the time to double down on truth, to double down on spirit and source and, and self-worthiness and to do manifestation and healing differently in a way that supports you in your transformation. It's not just doing a bunch of stuff. It's not just laying a bunch of to do's on the line. It's actually helping to nourish you and heal you so that you naturally become magnetic. You naturally attract what you're here for. So if you want to join me in an eight day challenge, the momentum challenge is for you. If you want to go on an eight week energy activation and teaching a manifestation school, then the eight week program manifestation school, or sorry, the four week program manifestation school is for you. Both of the links are below. I'd love to see you there and heads up. If you join Memento, uh, Momentum for $11, you get more than $100 off Manifestation School. So just a little heads up if you're interested in both or you know if you were called, might as well take advantage of that. The discount code for Manifestation School will come to all of the people who joined Momentum. So I love you so much. I cannot wait to see you in the future. If you have not yet found me on Instagram or on social media, come find me at Talia Joy Manifestation. I'm on there all the time, posting stories and reels and hacks and ways to develop your intuition and ways to manifest and coming on and serving you, my love. It is such a pleasure. So I can't wait to see you over on Instagram or on Facebook at Talia Joy Manifestation. And I will see you in the next episode. you so much for tuning into today's episode. I genuinely hope that it helped you. I hope that it resonated and I hope there's something in here that you can bring forward into your life to help you manifest more. So if you want to keep this party going, make sure to come find me over on Instagram at Talia Joy Manifestation. And to anyone that takes a screenshot of themselves listening to the show, post it on Instagram, tag me. I will send you a free gift. I can't wait to connect. Thank you so much for being the type of seeker you are. Have a great day.